What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and Mile Pod. Alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy, my name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. So Wild Card Weekend is in the books. We had some couple upsets. What would you guys take away from that? Got any notable? Josh, I believe you meant Super Wild Card Weekend. It's true. Got some expanded playoffs with guys like – do you you guys think that that worked out well, like the seven seeds didn't totally embarrass themselves and that it wasn't a complete – crap fest well it, i think for the afc and, and we've talked about it before the afc is just absolutely loaded i thought the colts and the uh bills game was the best game of the weekend totally. in my in my opinion i thought that there was just two heavyweight blows going back and forth um it came down to the last play too um but f- as far as the um nfc i <laughs> well, the bears didn't deserve get, to be in the playoffs. so well bears might not have deserved to be in the playoffs but they had opportunities that they missed a um, couple of those go the right way. They don't drop that long touchdown. I mean, momentum is is silenced. Like, as much as the scoreboard says it wasn't close, they had opportunities. And and honestly, that's I I agree, or I guess I shouldn't say I agree. I like that they had a seven seed in there. Uh, it didn't hurt the two seeds at this year, but I think in the future it might. For sure. Uh-huh. It, and I thought uh-huh. New Orleans did not play great by any means. So, um it was still a decent game, Jeremy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I love being able to watch six playoff games <laughs> in two days. It was great. Well, I think that just the nice part, I, one, one last thought on it. I, I just like that it, it inflates the number one seed more than mm-hmm. years past, where it's just like the one and the two seeds, are like, oh, if you got the number one seed locked up or a top two seed, you're resting your guys. Whereas if you're fighting for that last spot, which – Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle were all fighting for that number one spot going into the last week. It makes it more interesting. So I, I really like it, and I think they're going to keep it too. Yeah, I agree. Um, one last thing that I want to put a bow on, just this kind of intro. Um, can we all agree that uh, Nickelodeon is now the face of the NFL? <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> How about Nate Burleson? He did a great job on there. <clears throat> He's just a charismatic was, dude. Is that who was doing it? Yeah, he like – he, he had some really good like analogies for kind of like kids. Cause obviously that's the age of it, but he, um, he was talking about Trubisky and like when he got benched and he like related to when you get grounded as a kid <laughs> with your parents and you got to do then, things to, to get back in and stuff like that. It was just, and funny. then, and then Cordero just had to go out there and drop the F bomb. Right <laughs> oh like, my gosh. That was so tough. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's, let's get into the show. So on today's episode, uh, we're doing either one or two more episodes fantasy related. We're looking into um, 2021. We're looking at keepers, dynasty type things. And obviously we're going to go over some um, recap of the wild card round. And then um, let's project some of the divisional rounds. Then we're going to finish with our ones got to go. But uh, right to our one thing notable, Bradley, I'll start with you. What is your one thing notable? My one thing notable has to do with Deshaun Watson, something that. For those football fans that haven't been paying attention to Sean Watson, there seems to be turmoil in Houston. Um, he's not happy with how uh, the executives are handling both the hiring of the GM and the coach. And, and there's been reports that he wants to trade. Um, I guess I'll pose the question. Um, we could start with, do you guys think Deshaun Watson will get traded? Honestly, I can't like think of a, of a scenario where somebody literally in the heart of their prime, he's 25 years old, one of the best quarterbacks just led the league in passing it is I'm not going to say essentially open for market, but available to be claimed via trade. Um, it's something that we haven't seen. Honestly, the, the one person that comes to my mind is Jay Cutler when he was younger in, in the gunslinger, but he was not top five at his position when he was being traded. So uh, what do you guys think about this? I think we've never seen it for like a quarterback. I, and it is different because everything for a quarterback is magnified. Um, so like we saw last year, Jamal Adams got traded in the, the prime of his career. Um, but to answer your question, I, I only think there's one suitor for Sean Watson. I think there's only one team that can offer the moon for him. And it's the Miami dolphins. They have two first round picks this year. They have what I think it's seven in the first two days. Um, and then they obviously have some in 2022 as well. Um, I think Jacksonville has enough to, get Deshaun Watson but there's no way that the Texans trade him within the division I think they would be insane that'd be something Bill O'Brien would do um (laughs) but no I I think Miami is the only option we were talking just beforehand um 
I think the bidding starts at three first round picks and a quarterback. There could be a day two pick in there as well. Um, so it's going to take a lot for him to leave Houston. And one other thing to add, he has a no trade clause. So he basically gets to just put a stamp of approval or he says, nope, I don't want to go there either. So it makes it a lot more difficult to, um, for people trying to trade for him. So you mentioned the Dolphins. So do you think Tua and three first gets it done? I think there would still need to be another pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a decent package too for a team that's not heading in a great direction, which it's such a unique circumstance because usually that's the toughest piece of the puzzle is getting that quarterback and getting him, you know, at the prime of his career, like Bradley was saying. So you hate to kind of punt on that though. Brady, you're telling me that if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you were offered Deshaun Watson, or sorry, if you're the Texans, if you were offered the first overall pick amongst other players or picks, you wouldn't do that? Nope. You get Trevor I'm Lawrence? Not, I'm not playing Deshaun Watson two times a year. I mean, if he's not happy in Houston, like that's the best possible to, scenario. If that's the only scenario and you're getting close to, I mean, it would have to be before the draft. Um, if, if nobody's biting and Deshaun's like, okay, it's either Jacksonville or Miami and Miami's not willing to give up the pick 18. Um, I mean, yeah, I would take, if you're asking if I want Trevor Lawrence on my team, that's a yes, but I would not want to play Deshaun Watson twice a year trading him in the division. I feel like that's just like the, the unwritten rule. You never trade within the division of, of a higher caliber player like that. That would be super tough. Especially that position. Like, <clears throat> I mean, and I think to me, and that's that's ultimately the reason why I don't think it's likely that this will happen. Now, if something, you know, happen, the talks are that he's pretty unhappy and it could get to very uncomfortable. If that were to happen, then obviously, yeah, you, you try to figure out what you can do. Your leverage kind of goes out the window at that point. But I mean, the fact that trade, the word trade and Deshaun Watson is even being talked about at this point is just ridiculous. Like, you're the GM, you're the organization, like this is your quarterback who's 25. <laughs> you're the roster outside of him is not good. Like you should be, but doing it doesn't everything. matter. But that's like, you should be doing everything you can as the organization to keep this dude happy. Yeah, no. And, and I'm agreeing with you. Like their roster, their, their roster sucks and they still have a chance to win divisions with the Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Like it, their roster is horrible. <laughs> and then to, to Josh's point, like that's, that is the only thing that could make this, I think, trade happen is that they can't rebuild. They don't have a first round pick. I don't yeah. even think you guys, I don't even think they have a, do they have a second round pick? No, no. they're first they, they, in the third round. Oh they had God. four wins. Their <laughs> roster is so unbalanced and they can't even rebuild. Like, so I, they're in a tough spot. I mean, Bill O'Brien <laughs> kind of put that in a very tough spot. Yeah. I, Houston's got a lot of work to do. Their new GM and, and the head coach, they, they like we've talked about before, they have to have like a four to five year window, especially if they get rid of Deshaun because they're totally blowing it up. That means JJ Watt's gone. Um, they would totally be rebuilding. Um, but I'll move to my one thing notable. Uh, we talked a little bit about draft picks and whatnot. Um, in the coming episodes, we're going to start talking about prospects. So I just, I want each of you guys to give one prospect, give me something a little about them. Um, it could be the top person. You could talk about Trevor Lawrence if you want to for a little bit. Just give me one person that guys who are listening to, or guys or girls, whoever's listening to this podcast, uh, takes from it and says, hey, we're going to start watching this person, maybe even watch a little film on them. Um, just give a little pre-introduction to uh, a player that is eligible for the draft. Does anybody want to start? Yeah, I'll start. And somebody that I, I know – I'm guessing this pod will become very fond of. I know two of us on the pod are already quite fond of him, and the name is Kyle Pitts. Um, you want to talk about a, a clone of Darren Waller? Th- this guy needs to put on a couple LBs, and by LBs, I mean pounds. Um, but as far as a wide receiver or a tight end in a wide receiver's body or other way around, like he he is he is gifted. He was in a great system. He's going to be a first round pick. Um, if he finds the right system. He is going to have enormous impact on a, on a team, on your fantasy team. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a guy you guys should be uh, 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 focusing on. I saw a tweet today that said once Kyle <laughs> Pitts is drafted in the first round, he's a top five tight end already in the league. 
I, which I is, mean, he's that is typically tight ends a pretty tip, a, a tough position to get acclimated. It takes to like the two NFL to three too. years to get them started. Yeah. So, so that's but, pretty insane. To, that's a bold statement. Yeah. I, I love Kyle Pitts. Jeremy, who do you got? Are you talking, you want like a fantasy kind of notable type nope, of person? Just, or just any, any draft related. Yep. So I'm going to be lame and I'm going to stick with the same team. Um, but I love um, Kadarius Tony. He's a freak. The dude is, he's ultra talented. Um, he's a wide, he's wide receiver for Florida and he's kind of, I wouldn't say a deep dive, but he's not the first guy you hear when, when you think of Florida, you hear Trask, you hear Pitts, obviously um, you might even hear another name or two before him, but I think he's kind of a sneaky guy that, that obviously NFL teams are going to know his name. Um, but he's, he's a guy that's really, really fun to watch. Um, and he could be a really good piece for a lot of teams. And I think he might sneak into the first round, could sneak into he the first round. Might. Um, you know, and he, he's that talented, he's that fast and he could do a lot, just a really kind of, um, like a gadgety type piece for your team. Yeah. It, and like you said, he could sneak into the first round. He might not be there yet, but if they have the combine this year, his numbers are just going to pop off. So, I mean, I think he's going to burst, uh, Josh, who do you got? You know, I'm going to go with the boring, like local angle and I'm gonna go Trey Lance, a guy from Marshall, Minnesota. He's a guy who's so incredibly athletic and that is at a premium at the quarterback position right now. We're kind of seeing the old guard, um, you know, going to the wayside of the quarterback position in the NFL, like the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, the Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, a little bit longer, but Matt Ryan, a lot of those guys are just typical pocket passers. And that's the old way of the NFL. So really great athlete in Trey Lance. He only played one game, didn't play that well this year, but um, the only question is just the quality of com competition he played at NDSU. So I really I'm looking forward to seeing what that process looks like for him, like Brady was saying, uh, with the combine. So uh, Trey Lance for NDSU is a guy that I'm going to be looking at in the first round. I like it. And just to wrap things up, so I was going to go with Najee Harris, the clear, to me at least, he's the clear running back one who is sneaking into the first round. Um, but I'm changing my answer. So we're recording on Monday night as per usual. The college football national title game is going on. And if you follow anything about the national title game right now, there is about 20 seconds left in the second quarter. And Devonta Smith has 12 catches, 215 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> against Ohio state. So I switched my answer to against Smith. Sean Wade, who like a month he's ago a was pick. like first round pick, like he's busting him. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to spoil it. I don't know if he's my wide receiver one going right now, but if you watch the film and you look at the numbers, it you find a hard reason not to not him not be your number one wide receiver. But um, Devonta Smith, keep an eye on him. You can't if you watch any college football, you know who he is, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so yeah, wide receiver Alabama Devonta Smith. Is there a position that you guys are super excited to dive into uh, for the draft? Because I know so so just kind of for our listeners, we started this around April and it was kind of too, too late to start diving into film. It was kind of, Hey, let's do a mock draft. Let, let's, let's give our, our rankings a little bit, but now we have the opportunity to dig into some film, kind of educate ourselves a little bit more about the draft class. Is there, is there a position that you guys are excited about? Well, I think first comes a first comes a foremost is the wide receiver class. I mean, they talk about the 2019 or 2020 class and how good it was. The talk is 2021 is just as good. Um, but for me, it's the tight end class. Last year's tight end class was not very good. We've talked about Kyle Pitts. Um, we'll talk about Pat Fryermuth um, as well. There's uh, Brevin Jordan from Miami. There's more guys there um, that it's just a really talented tight end class. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, and then I really like the corner class as well, too. Is there any other positions that we can talk about or no? <laughs> yeah. Try and we, find got a wider, we got wide receivers, tight ends, and corners from Brady. Quarterbacks. <laughs> yes, good one. Yeah, I'd like to see some dominant tackle play too on the offensive line. Um, that that stud from Oregon. I don't want to say how do you pronounce his uh Panay Sewell. Yeah, so just an absolute terror of a guy on the line. So I heard uh, Sewell and I heard Sewell there. What do we it's, Sewell. it's Sewell. It's Sewell. I think it's I said Sewell. It wrong. It's Sewell. It's Sewell. <laughs> it is. It is. I hey, said good. it wrong. I hey, said good. it wrong. 
Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I'll admit. Brady said it wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for the offensive tackles as well. Like there's a two, there's clear cut top two, and then there's a lot of in between after that. So it's going to be exciting. Bradley, you talk about diving into film. What's wild is that we could potentially see two guys drafted in the top 10 that did, didn't have any from this year. Uh, yes. Micah, Micah Parsons and, and Jamar Chase. Yeah. Probably well, will, think, actually. Yeah, probably will. Micah Parsons will be a top 10 pick. I would, I'm would. i not going to say for sure because there's a lot that can happen. But it, it's crazy because, I mean, how much do you dive into 2019? Um, or how much do you say, all right, this is what he's putting uh, in the combine? Because guess what? Right now they can prep for their three cone. They, they can prep for a 40-yard dash. So their numbers should be better than most. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. How much stock do you think that you put into that for them? There's teams that put in a lot of stock into the, into the combine. And you should. Like, the numbers matter. Um, but it's also game speed. Game speed matters a lot. Yeah, they also got to look at the whole body work, too. Because you got a guy who I talked about, Najee Harris. He's not going to test well at the combine. He will not. Delvin, well. Delvin Cook didn't test well at the combine. There's players that just don't test well at the combine that are faster on the field than what their 40 or dash time. Well, yeah, is. And, at, and at that point, you just got to trust the film and see like, okay, what exactly. does he do against phenomenal competition? Does he get to the edge? Does he great between the tackles? Can he read the linebackers? That's just something that's going to be on the field. Absolutely. So I do apologize. That one thing notable went on a long tangent. Uh, Josh, what is your one thing notable? <laughs> I think mine will be quite a bit uh, quicker than that. So we actually, you know, we had a little bit of uh, some upset action with uh, the Rams and the Browns just this past weekend. And so I uh, just wanted to, you know, does that give you any, you know, confidence that there could potentially be some more in this divisional round? Or if so, uh, who do you think would be the most likely? I know that's kind of, maybe kind of giving a little bit of a spoiler maybe for our later in the pod, but uh, does it give you any confidence for uh, some more surprises? Absolutely. I think there's going to be some really good games this weekend. I'm not going to tell you which one my upset is, but um, yeah, no, I think there's going to be some really close games. It's, it's going to be tight. It, it, it's very interesting. Obviously when you get down to the final eight, like there's going to be really good matchups and it, it should be. So, so yeah, there might be some upsets. We'll I think it's interesting too, because the home field advantage is just not going to be as pivotal uh, with the crowd not being able to do as much of a, you know, advantage on defense with messing with the offensive signal. So just kind of an interesting uh, uh, wiggle in the dynamic here in the playoffs. For sure. Jeremy, what's our last one thing notable? My last one thing notable. So we're recording, like Brady said, recording on Monday, like always big bomb today that I think some people thought could happen. Some people, I think just really didn't think it would, I but Peterson gone for the Eagles. Um, I think two out of the four of us, maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago said he was going to be gone. I think I was one of those guys that said he was going to be gone, but I, I still kind of deep down thought, Hey, you won the super bowl, you know, two, three years ago, are they really going to fire him? Um, but we've said it before. We'll say it again. What have you done for me lately? That's what the yeah. NFL is. It's a business. Um, and to me, I think this is a, a decision that shake could shake up a lot because I think, Peterson has the opportunity to potentially fill a job this year. Um, and I think with Peterson being gone, Carson also has the opportunity to stay in Philly. So my question based off of this for you guys is Philly, Indianapolis, New Orleans, three spots that could need a quarterback, but kind of still have one right now. Do you think any of these three get a new one, keep the, keep the same one they have right now. And if they do get a new one, do you have any potential good fits for Philly, Indianapolis, or New Orleans. So here's what I will say regarding the Doug Peterson. Um, good for Howie Roseman. Get the Howie heck out Roseman of there. needs to get fired too. Yeah, he does he too. Needs but to you know what? Let's just call it out. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. He put um, a crap team together. He should get fired as well too because Doug Peterson and him did not get along because they didn't give any – say for Doug Peterson. I think they should have blow the whole thing up. But his anyway. quote on the way out was interesting. Yeah, I, that, I, uh, I, I thought that was super interesting. That Sorry, uh, that roster is is brutal. I would like a head coach there. You talk about a, a four year plan. Like same thing Minimum. in Philly. Like the only Minimum. thing that they got going is they have a, a terrible division that they're playing in. So they might be competing for eight and eight division titles. That's true. Um, 
I, I do think Carson Wentz will be the quarterback in Philadelphia. I don't think Philip Rivers is going to be the quarterback in Indianapolis. And I don't think Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback in New Orleans. Yeah, he'll retire. I would have to ponder on a Christian Ponder replacing them. <laughs> I love seven. So <laughs> if he wants to come back and lace it up, I'll go get another jersey. So um Christian Ponder to the Colts. No, I'm just kidding. Um I'd have to think about who we're replacing. I, I'm guessing one of them will be uh, a rookie. I could I could definitely see uh, the Panthers going out and, and drafting a quarterback and then trading Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints, re- reunite with Sean Payton. I think that would be a great fit. I would love Teddy and Indy. I think that would be a perfect fit. A great offensive line, a run-first offense I with That's some bold. athletic receivers. I, I, I love the fit there. I don't like that the writing's on the wall for Teddy to be gone in Carolina because he really didn't have a fair opportunity uh, when you consider a first-year head coach, um, their star running back being out, and a young defense. Um, they really didn't have a lot of success. And let's, let's be honest, Teddy's not a Mahomes. Like, he's not going to carry teams to victory. It's never who he's been. He's been a system guy that's going to protect the football and he's going to make plays, do the right thing. Um, so I, I guess I don't agree with them so on, quote, moving on from Teddy, which is not a report at all. It's just saying kind of feels like the writing's in the wall. Yeah, no, I, like I said, the, the fit that I thought was Indy um, and Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Phillip Rivers is coming back. And it kind of sounds like the writing on the wall is that Drew Brees is going to retire. I would be shocked if he came back for another year. Part of me thinks Sean Payton's going to try and see if he can make a quarterback out of Taysom Hill just because everybody says he can't. That just seems like the kind of person Sean his ego. is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would say the quarterback for New Orleans is Taysom Hill, which why I don't not, like Why not Jameis? What's wrong with Jameis? He's, he's already in the system. Why not just give him a shout? I don't know. I, I also – I, I think a team that you can lump in with those three teams is Pittsburgh. I, Pittsburgh needs a new quarterback. That's a super That's good true. point. That's true. I'm sorry. I think They're, Pittsburgh needs a new Both Pennsylvania teams are strapped, though. Like their their cap situation is not great either, so I don't know what they're gonna do with that either. I don't either. Do you have Jeremy? Did you have a a landing spot for any of the quarterbacks there? I'd love Stafford and in Indy. I, I think Detroit would be crazy to get rid of him. As He's do so I, good. but but like I mean, massive rebuild, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, Kenny Galladay is a free agent. They're losing their best wide receiver. Um, you know, they're in a weird spot they lose a marvin jones jr yeah okay. thank god oh <laughs> gosh kenny galladay let's <laughs> let's move on this is a great segue into some fantasy talk so like i said we're going to talk about some uh keepers going into the 2021 season so what we're going to do is we're looking at 2020 adp so our average draft position um so wherever they were taken in 2020 is basically where they would be picked in 2021 um and basically uh, that's a, that's a, we run our keeper league. And I feel like that's a common keeper league theme. So wherever you drafted them in 2020, they go into 2021. So I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but, uh, Bradley, give me your first value, uh, for a 2021 keeper. Look, no other place except for DK Metcalf. Uh, he, if you kept him or you drafted him, it was probably a, a fourth round pick for you based on the ADP. If you get DK Metcalf in the fourth round, I I think he's going to be a, a, a late second round pick uh, next year. So I, I like that value. I yeah, I he's going to be the guy there. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got for um, keeper? I mean, I felt like this is kind of picking from low hanging fruit. I I thought it felt like it was pretty obvious. Um, it might not work for some leagues, but it's James Robinson. Um, he was undrafted, so I know some leagues. If, if it's an undrafted guy, you aren't allowed to keep him. He had to be drafted. Um, other leagues have, if he's undrafted, you know, you lose like a 10th round pick or whatever. Um, but if you can keep him, obviously you're keeping James, James Robinson. Yeah. And in some leagues have it where it's like an eighth round keeper too for a free agent. You're keeping him there too. So yep, um, absolutely great value there. Josh, what about you? You know, anytime you can get like a potential wide receiver one that late, I think it's a great option. So I had Justin Jefferson in the round 11. I think that's just absolutely a steal. I know it's, again, like Jeremy was saying, low-hanging fruit, fairly obvious. But I just think that being able to get him that late 
you can be able to attack other positions more aggressively early, knowing that you have that in the 11th round, you know, having maybe that that's an opportunity to get maybe a Kelsey early or go in on a quarterback early. Uh, so that's just phenomenal value in the 11th. So I have one that I don't know if you guys will think is value or not. Um, Cause it, it's too early to tell what people's rankings are. Um, but I looked at the running, running back position. This guy was taken in the late second, early third round. Um, and he's a second year running back next year. It's Jonathan Taylor. I'm keeping him in the set late second, early third, the mm-hmm. way he produced in the, at the end of the year. Um, I, I think he has a potential to be an RB or the RB one next year with the volume that he gets. And especially if Philip really Rivers back because they can throw him the ball. I mean, he had over a thousand rushing yards and barely played in the first half of the year. So let's um, not brush over that. You said the RB one. He very well could be. I'm not saying he's going like to be. It. I'm saying I like it's it. way too early to throw a projections. I say he could be though. Uh, if you have him past like the second round, so third round or lower, you have to keep him. Like, I think it's a must. I, I think it is an absolute must. Where it gets a little bit tricky for me is if the Colts sign Marlon Mack back. That makes it a little bit interesting for me where it's just like, that's where you don't so know it's how a, to... It's a messy backfield because is going to be there. I Mack, agree. If they, Jonathan if, they, if they sign Mack, I mean, because shoot, they were using Wilkins way more oh, than they should have been. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Bradley, you got another one for us. Yeah, this one's going to be super obvious. Uh, Travis Kelsey. You're probably getting him in the back, <laughs> back half of the second round if you're keeping him. I think that's tremendous value. He was what third in receiving yards this year. He's going to be a mid to late first round pick this next year. So yeah, it's great yeah, value. Mid. Oh my gosh, that would be insane. I mean, I just don't know why. Like, like if we're looking, put throw Travis Kelsey's year into like what Mike, Michael Thomas was the year before. Like, I just don't know why he wouldn't be considered a mid first round pick. I think Plus when you the look fact at that, that the position, position sucks yeah, too. the position was horrible. So. um, I'm. I think Travis Kelsey's going to go off the board early next year. I, I think. I think so too. I think that's what makes it it tough for me though, because um, I've always kind of been like a you grab a tight end late type of guy, um, and it's a it's a weird it's a different concept because I think for the reason that you guys said, I think it can go both ways. Well, you take a tight end right away because you aren't going to get any other ones, but you take a tight end late because if you don't get Kelsey, everyone else is having the same throw of the the dart that you are. So. Yeah, it's kind of throw, throw, throw it throw in Waller with Kelsey because yeah, I, yeah. As, as a Darren Waller Kittle, owner, Kittle, you got well, yeah, Kittle. Kittle's tight, Kittle's tight end, tight end one, one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pitts. Uh, Stop. No, but as a as a Waller owner this year, it's nice not to have to think about who he's playing at. You're automatically starting him. There's so much peace of mind with that of like not having to like stream the tight end position of just like lock and load. I got Kelsey. I know he's going to have me a top five tight end week more often than not. It's just locked and loaded. It's awesome. Yeah. Jeremy, who's your next keeper? My next keeper is uh, staying at the running back position for me. And it's, I mean, it's Antonio Gibson. So he was drafted in, in a lot of leagues. And I, and I know this, this ADP is overall. So it, it had him at the 13th round. I know as the season got closer, he was bumped up more and more. Um, but I mean, if you were able to get him in a double digit round, this is a guy that has potential to be a top 15 RB top 20, probably, you know, with a lot more confidence, Um, even if you got him in like the eighth, ninth round, he's still phenomenal value, phenomenal value. Yep. So I, I really like his outlook. Um, you know, obviously there's a chance that they could sign a running back or draft a running back. So you got to kind of wait and watch for that, but I don't think they will. I think they love Antonio Gibson. I think they like what he does for their team. Um, and he really is a three down back. I am so high on Gibson for next year because I think his, I don't know. Oh, no, do I not draft Antonio Gibson. Bad. Never mind. Bad don't keep him. <laughs> hear, hear me out. His floor, I think, is just so safe because what was what did we, everyone say about Gibson when he was coming out? He's a great receiving back. He can be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and make people miss in space. He didn't do that as much as we thought he was going to because of McKissick. He, McKissick was getting like 13 targets a game. It was insane. And so we saw Gibson be able to run, take it through the tackles on the goal line, get to the edge. So I think uh, being able to see him take that next step and continue to catch the ball like he did in college is going to be something he couldn't be able to do in year two. 
I, I just, it's tough for me because I think Washington will probably go and get another running back that could limit his value a little bit. It's, it's way too early to tell, but let's say they go and get a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Like that totally that doesn't scare, that doesn't scare me at all. Oh yes, it does. It, I mean, no. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, somebody like that. What about a Marlon Mack then? I, those are the two guys that come to mind that are free agents, but what if they go out and get an Aaron Jones and say, Hey, Antonio Gibson, you're playing slot receiver this next year type thing. It's too early to I tell. Mean, I mean, what... I'm fine with that. I'll wall that. Okay. Antonio <laughs> Gibson's a must keep in keeper league. You heard it here first. Three out of the four, fourth and a mile, people say it. Josh, no, who's your next keeper? I'm saying I'm, I'm allowing Aaron Jones to go to the Washington football team. <laughs> I knew that. That's why I laughed because I knew that's why you said that. <laughs> okay. So this one's a little bit not as solidified as some of the other ones that we were. Going forward, it's projecting a little bit, but I'm going J.K. Dobbins in the eighth. I think being able to um, – I think he's going to get the backfield this upcoming year and being able to get – this has taken a little bit of a leap, but we saw the talent, and the coaching staff sees that talent, so they're going to be able to utilize him even more. Having a rushing quarterback with the, um, with the option plays makes defensive ends, makes defensive linemen be able to hesitate all the more, make those uh, holes all the easier to access. So I, I'm going J.K. Dobbins. I just want Josh to apologize and say he was late on the J.K. Dobbins train. 100%. 100% I was late super on. late. He waited for him to get the actual workload. And he, I remember you texting us offline and saying something about, hey, should I keep Dobbins in the sixth round? I'm like, absolutely. He's going to be the starting running back in the number one rushing offense. Absolutely. Dobbins, just, for me, is a must keep. I, just don't, I don't know what happened to Big Trust. <laughs> Healthy I was, I was, the, I was hit on big trust train. I was like, "Yep, you guys keep talking about Dobbins." Like Mark Ingram was at RB one last year, and he's a healthy scratch now in the playoffs. I don't know why you guys have just thrown out the Gus boss. <laughs> I think he's he's a free agent next year. Is he really? Then, then keep your Dobbins. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Let me give one more before we take a quick break. Um, I'm going to the wide receiver position, and it goes by the name of Deontay Johnson. That's a mid-ninth round pick for Deontay Johnson. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but Juju's probably gone. He's going to get peppered with targets. I thought he was the best receiver on their team. Had a little bit of drop issues, but he's still getting peppered with targets, especially if they can't figure out that run game. Deontay Johnson's going to get peppered with targets. In the ninth round, you can't ask for basically anything else. I I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, I love that. Sorry, Becker, go ahead. I, I like that one. The only thing that, you know, what's the quarterback position going to look like there? Um, I, I'll let you guys comment uh, on Brady's pick, but I kind of want to throw one out. Um, I know Brady said that was our last one, but bonus round. Do, 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 do. Um, I just want to <laughs> throw, throw this one out there just to because I feel like this is a guy that is similar spot as, as uh, the one Brady just mentioned. Um, but you know, we've already talked about his quarterback situation as well, but Robbie Anderson, is he a guy that you're, that you're keeping in that same type of category, that ninth round? Robbie's on my list. Deontay is not on my list. He won you a a league. I love Deontay, but (laughs) Big Ben's not going to be there. Big Ben is laser focused on one target. He does it time and time again. The, the passing numbers are, Increase with Big Ben, and if Big Ben's gone, I worry that his targets are going to go down. They threw sixty-eight it. times last night. <laughs> yes, I know it. That's what I'm saying. Deontay cost me a championship, and I still got him. I'm depth definitely keeping Deontay Johnson. That is happening. <laughs> Talent too much there. You have him in a league, aren't don't you? Yeah, I'm keeping him in that league for sure. <laughs> nice. Well, on that note, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to recap the wild card, preview division round, and maybe give you a couple more keepers. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. Welcome back into the 4th and a Mile podcast. As promised, we're giving one more keeper. We're going to go really quick through it. Bradley, give the player that you're keeping and what round they would be kept in. Really quick. Jerry Judy in the ninth round. I like it. Jeremy. Mine is Michael Pittman in the 14th. I like that one as well. Josh. I'm going Calvin Ridley in the fourth. 
You know I like that one. I was going to say that's Brady's boy. I know <laughs> I I'm going to get his approval on that. You, you can't, I'm not going to argue with that one. Um, one that I have that's just – it's super deep, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. Tony Pollard in the 14th round. He was on my list as well. <sighs> it's it's too messy. Yeah. It, what's the – the, Increased workload towards the end of the year, he produced a lot better than Zeke did. I, in my opinion, his numbers looked better than um, I think, Zeke did, and he got more involved in the pass game. I think that's a situation you probably want to keep your eye on. I mean, right now, I wouldn't say I'm keeping him, but I mean, would it be weird if we saw like a what the Rams did with Gurley? If would you be surprised if Dallas cut Zeke at this point with the running no. back position? No. <laughs> And Which Tony Pollard would absolutely be a value there. So, that's, which is again why you want to just keep an eye out. It's I a mean, dice roll, sure. but I feel like it's an educated one. I like it. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's <laughs> let's recap some wild card rounds. So, if you didn't watch any football this weekend, there was six games on. I would say five of the six games were really good. Four of the six games, regardless, Buffalo beat Indianapolis. The Rams beat the Seahawks, Tampa beat Washington, Baltimore beat Tennessee, New Orleans beat Chicago, and Cleveland beat Pittsburgh last night. Guys, where do we want to start? Was there a matchup that you really liked? Something stand out in one of these games? Uh, I'll turn the floor over to you guys. Taylor Heineke stood out to me. And and it really it shouldn't have been a surprise to three of us because we've seen what That's he's former done. former Vikings football. great. Heineke yeah. is you. No, but honestly, he plays with a lot of heart. Like, Why are you laughing? He plays with a lot of heart. You know he's going to go out there and give 150%, and he laid his body out there all the time. The thing I will say about that is if Washington would have won with Taylor Heineke and he would have played next week, they would have gotten absolutely pounded because that's what he does the, the same exact thing in the preseason where he played really well, kind of like Kyle Slaughter did for the Vikings. We're just like, oh, why is this guy oh, not Kyle on the Slaughter. team? He plays so Love well him. type thing. But, like, if you ever game planned against him, you it would be it's tough rats. scene. Yeah. But yeah, no, he, you're telling he me they didn't game plan against Heineke. I mean, not, they probably thought Alex Smith was going to be the quarterback. Bruce Arians came out and said, this team is not a seven and nine team. They're five and one with Alex Smith. So they were planning for Alex Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, my game that I thought was just incredibly interesting was Ram Seahawks and how the Rams defense just dominated and how they just didn't even have to, the Rams offense didn't have to do much because they just tortured Wilson all game. And I thought that was insane how Wilson is typically awesome in the playoffs, just did not play well at all. Completed 11 passes. How? Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> Did you guys see the videos of like let Russ cook and where they were putting like the crabs and like the yeah. oil, just oil grease and it meals. just yeah. blows up? Yeah, no, that was that was <laughs> one of the big things for me. For me, it, another one was Baltimore over Tennessee. I thought those were two really good teams as well. Um, and Baltimore's resilience um, going down 10-0 to start the game and then coming back and winning the game. Um, I really like Baltimore. I, the Browns, I mean, obviously was surprising. Now, like, did I would – none of us, nobody in sports media were picking the Browns. But, like, my, my first thought was, like, could losing your head coach, like, galvanize a team to get in, in, in a win in the playoffs? I don't know, maybe, but I don't think they're going to beat the Steelers. But – Shoot, 28 rip. That's impressive. To start so it helps. Do you know what helps galvanize a team? The center snapping it over your six, it six does quarterback in the, on the first play of the game. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I'm not going to take anything away from, from what the Browns did because uh, it's impressive. Getting a win in the playoffs, like, doesn't matter how you take it. You could win three nothing and the other team could drop six touchdown passes. But there was a lot of stuff that was handed to them by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I th- to my, me personally, I thought those were the two worst teams in the AFC in, in the playoffs. Sorry, in the playoffs. I thought they were the two worst teams. And we'll, we'll see what Cleveland can do against Kansas City. Did you see uh, Chase Claypool to play? Wow. Peel. Chase Claypool. <laughs> Chase Claypool. <laughs> today <laughs> on his live said that the Browns were going to get smacked. Yes. What is What an idiot. Why they don't stop that? talking. Wow. They lose. They lose and they just can't stop. How can you talk when you just, they just beat you though. Like what is your motivation? Just take the L, just walk home. You're fine. 
yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Let's let's preview the divisional round. We're going to start none other than um, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. The game is in Lambeau, um, so the Rams are not going to have their sunny L.A. skies. They're going to be going to the frozen tundra. Uh, we're not going to start with anybody else besides Jeremy. So, Got Jeremy, who are we projecting here? I, I don't even know why I'm asking you, but give me some sort of logical answer why you're picking Green Bay. I got the Packers. Um, I just That's not logical. What? <laughs> I so here's the deal. I think it's gonna to me. I think it's gonna be really fun to watch. This is the number one scoring offense uh, in the regular season against the number one scoring defense, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see how uh, both of the the defensive coordinator and and Matt Lafleur kind of scheme up to try to. And the cool thing is, is Lafleur came from kind of Sean McVay's uh, his coaching tree. Um, you know, so they, they think very similarly, they have a lot of same schemes. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really excited to see how Devontae works against Jalen Ramsey, but I think ultimately, I think Rogers is just going to be, is just going to be the, the deciding factor. I mean, you've got Rogers going up against that defense and then you have the, the Packers defense who has played much, much, much better. Um, and, and I mean, they're going against Goff with one thumb or Walford. So, I mean, I think to me, it's just you got to go to the edge of the quarterback in this matchup, and I like the Packers to roll. Becker, I have one question for you. How many How many matches was that, that their defense has played better? Uh, five. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I personally think that the Packers will win as well. I think the Rams match up really well with them, especially on the outside with Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey. But I think this is going to be an Aaron Jones game. Uh, Packers are favored by seven and a half. I'd actually take the Rams, the Rams plus seven and a half, uh, because of the just kind of neutralizing Devontae Adams. Uh, but still think that Green Bay gets it done. They've had a really good offense all year. I appreciate you thinking that Aaron Jones is going to roll over Aaron Donald. He's just going to run away from him. He's not going to try to go out the middle. It's just nonsense, is what it is. Bradley, what do you think? We, I, we're I still don't been know. talking I'm, about the Rams I, perfectly with Green Bay. What do you think? I, I've said that the Rams are top two in the NFC, and, and I believe that. What scares me is that they're traveling from out west up to the great north. Um, with that being said, uh, I'll take the Rams. I, I, I just I, – and honestly, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think this is one of the top two games. I mean, cool, two of the four, but I'm just saying – that this is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, when you talk about McVay, I mean, he's always got a good game plan. Um, they got playmakers on the outside. Cam Akers is a very good running back. Um, and the Packers have been vulnerable against the run at some points. Um, if Jalen Ramsey can slow down Devontae Adams, which is a tall task. I mean, Devontae Adams has been the best receiver this year. Um, if, the, if he can do that, which he's been shown to do, like that's why he was brought to L.A., uh, he, they could get the Packers some fits and, and who knows every team reacts a little different coming off a, a week off. Some teams are galvanized. Some teams come out a little flat. I mean, if the Packers come out a little bit flat, they could be in trouble. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the Rams, but I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And that's not a knock to the Packers because I think these are the, this is the two best teams in the NFC. And, and here's where I'll jump in. I think it was like four or five weeks ago when I said the Rams might be the scariest team in football. And, and I thought they have the best chance to knock off Green Bay, who was the one seed at the time and still is. But uh, that was when Jared Goff was healthy. He's not healthy. We don't even know if he's going to be the starting quarterback. If he is a starting quarterback, I'll tell you what, that thumb's going to get cold real fast and it's going to be painful. So uh, they're going to have to get ahead early and ride Cam Akers like they did against uh, Seattle. Um, but I'm picking the Packers just because I, I don't think – a unhealthy or an undrafted quarterback is going to beat Aaron Rodgers at home. So um, like I, like Bradley said, this was the matchup that we've been, we've been wanting. We want Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. We want Aaron Donald rushing against Aaron Rodgers. We want Aaron uh, Rodgers against that secondary, that defense. So uh, it's going to be an awesome matchup, but I, I'm going green Bay. Uh, let's move on to a AFC matchup. This one is going to be a great matchup. It's Baltimore versus Buffalo. Josh, we'll start with you. Which one are you taking here? I'm going Buffalo. I think these two teams are like, this is going to be my favorite matchup of the weekend, uh, just because I think two teams that rush the ball really well, but have the ability to 
uh, throw the ball really well too. It is really entertaining to watch. Uh, Buffalo being able to have Josh Allen MVP caliber, he's not going to win it, but having a phenomenal year is going to just continue to show that in the playoffs here. So that Allen's that Allen Diggs connection is going to stay hot here against the Ravens. Everybody agreeing? Are we disagreeing? Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. They seem like a different team. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been different player the last six weeks. Uh, when I was talking about the Rams Packers being one of the two best games, this was the other one. Uh, this is going to be an absolute fantastic matchup. Um, but like, I just listened to Clayus Campbell after, after the game and you could just see like the heart and emotion that they're playing with right now. And that's not to say like it, it, it can be crushed or anything like that, but uh, I just I just think the way Lamar's playing, plus that defense is swarming to the football. Um, they have a lot of options that they can throw at digs with Humphrey and uh, uh, Marcus Peters. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. Ray, I what do you do, think? I, too, have the Ravens. This was – out of these four games, um, to me, this was the hardest one to pick. Uh, just because I, it's so hard to pick against the Bills right now because they look so yes. good in all the games that they're playing. But I think – Lamar is getting loose and I mean that defense is starting to look like the Ravens defense we thought they were I mean they just held Derrick Henry to 2.2 yards per carry and 40 total yards um that's in my book that's pretty impressive um you know (laughs) anybody's book it is (laughs) and uh I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be snowy uh during the game which you know could not favor Buffalo no, I, I don't think so. I mean, if it was really, really bad, does it negate some of uh, Lamar's rushing ability? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's slippery, harder to cut. Who knows? But I also don't think it helps the passing game. So, I mean, the Ravens just won a game throwing 179 pass, <laughs> having 179 <laughs> passing yards. So I don't think they're too worried about that. Well, there's that. I, I'm picking Baltimore. The only thing I'm going to add to it is Hollywood Brown's also playing very well as of late. He He's had, I think since week 11, he's had, he's been on a really good streak. Um, so I'm picking Baltimore and it's not because of Hollywood Brown. It's, I just wanted to add it, <laughs> something else to it. Um, it's kind of too bad that both those games are on Saturday. I feel like they should have one on each of those days. Cause those are to me are the two clear favorite for the best two games, but um, you never know. So we're going to move on to another AFC matchup. It's Cleveland versus Kansas city. Is anyone picking the upset here? Does anybody have Cleveland? Nope. No, nope. absolutely not. Okay. Makes it easy. Clean sweep, Kansas city. Um, I, yeah, I'd be shocked that that would be crazy. Um, and then Tampa Bay versus new Orleans, the two old timers, Tom Brady versus drew Brees. Uh, Bradley, where are you going? This one's also a tough one just cause I mean, the box are playing so well. So I'm going to give it to the box. Uh, it seems like they're battle tested. The, the football team gave them all that they could. Defense is playing well for uh, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady looks very good, and I worry about Drew Brees. Yeah, Jeremy, what do you think? I am also going with the Buccaneers. I just the Saints didn't really impress me that much, um, and I feel like it's kind of been like that a lot throughout this year. And I mean, if if the Buccaneers come in at peak Buccaneers. I mean, I, I just think they're, they're going to be way too much. That offense is uh, for Drew to keep up uh, at this point where he's at. And I think that's why the Bucks win. And I mean, it's tough to beat a team three times. I know it's a cliche, but. God, you took my words right out of my mouth. I was, I, this was a, a throw up for me. And, and what Jeremy said, it's tough to beat a team three times. So that's why I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. Josh, I'll leave it with you. I'm actually taking Tampa Bay too. I think uh, Antonio Brown's starting to get some juice and they have all the weapons that they possibly could ever need there in Tampa Bay that are starting to, you know, get going. So uh, Fournette's looking like he can possibly give them something on the ground as well. So I think the Buccaneers are going to beat them. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to our final segment. This one's a one's got to go featuring all players that played on the same team, which is so hard to believe they're all most likely going to be first round draft picks. Uh, It's the wide receiver core from Alabama last year. Which one of these guys got to go with? So it's Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Bradley, I'll start with you. Which one's got to go? So I think there's two clear cut that are obviously safe, and that's Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith. Um, if I had to pick one that has to go, it'd be Jalen Waddle, um, just because I know Ruggs is a little bit banged up in the NFL, but when he was playing, there was there was glimpse of greatness, um, whether it was taking the top off the defense. Um, he had a lot of contested catches from, from what I saw. Um, Jalen Waddle is a speedster. 
just like Ruggs, but I mean, he's not staying healthy uh, at Alabama. So I would say uh, Jalen Wall has got to go for me. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, two two guys in the NFL have shown that they have they can be able to contribute to an NFL offense right now in varying degrees and not necessarily all the time healthy like Bradley was alluding to. Um, and then he's not beating the guy who just won the Heisman and Devonta Smith. So I'm saying Jalen Waddle as well. Jeremy, you going somewhere different? Yeah, Jeremy's I'm glad I got Devonta Smith. I'm glad I got to go last right for Brady because I'm I'm getting rid going of Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, he's going Ruggs. <laughs> I think um, I think obviously we did a, I did a lot more dive into to rugs last year during the whole draft process. I, I mean I'm excited to look through some more of Waddle's stuff. Obviously doesn't have a ton from this year, um, but I think from what I've seen and what I watched a ton of rugs, I think Waddle's got a similar type of makeup in in the sense of being kind of a speedster, but I think he's more polished in some other areas um, in terms of his route running and some other things, which is why I would get rid of rugs. And for me, Waddle's got to go, but. I mean, Henry Ruggs has got to get healthy. If he's not healthy, I mean, he's going to – you know how I feel about injuries, you guys. We, we've talked <laughs> about fantasy football for a long time, and I try to predict injuries. So, if Henry Ruggs is is banged up for another year, it, it's going to be tough for me to stay on board with him. But Devonta Smith – By the way, the hex is still on Devin Singletary for Brady wishing that injury on Devin Singletary. <laughs> That's not true. That's fair. I Brady loves <laughs> Brady loves wishing injuries. Oh, players. It's fact. Bad news. The only other thing I was going to add before I was rudely interrupted um, was Jerry Judy almost had a thousand yards receiving this year, which is which is crazy to think about. Flies under the radar for sure. Yeah, he definitely flew under the radar. Now it was with a crappy team, so they're probably force feeding him a lot. It could be a little bit Sutton inflated, wasn't but still, there. a thousand yeah. yards is a thousand yards. So I mean, I think he had like nine hundred fifty. But um, Judy's got to stay too. So Jalen Wilde's got to go for me. But all four of these guys are first round draft picks. That's why you got to keep Jerry Judy in your, your fantasy leagues, right? Bradley. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> it's because he had a really good quarterback in Drew Locke, right? I said what I said. The next <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, that one's going to haunt me for a, for a while. I hope I he comes back next year and just that. absolutely just 4,500 yards, 45 touchdowns, 10 picks. I just and then, love to see that. Be like, you know what? I was just we'll like, run a marathon if he does that. <laughs> You heard it here first. What episode number is this? I'm going to save this one. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.